Lord, we just stand before you. Lord, we are drawn to you by the Word of God. I pray that, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you. For those who are still not uh, sure about you or who have found you, Lord, we pray this morning, Lord, that, Lord, you would draw them by your Word. Every scripture, every word that we speak would allow, Lord, you to reach them, to draw them. You are the bread of life, and the saints say, Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Welcome to church. Welcome to all the visitors. Who we got from Sydney this morning? We've got Sydney people, Newcastle people. We've got, uh, what, Central Coast people. We've got some people here, some people at the back. And uh, it's fantastic to have you all here this morning. We've got lots of people away, but we've got lots of visitors this morning. It's fantastic. And we bless you. We want your life to be blessed this year, this decade, so much more even than last year. Who wants to be blessed? Who's quite happy where they're at? But you know the Bible talks about being blessed to be a blessing. Say blessed to be a blessing. Who's short on a smile? Who'd like a a bit more smile? Yeah, great. Because, you know, smile can brighten someone up so so powerfully. Uh, Who's short on, on faith? Who wants more faith to, when they hear about someone who's sick, a family member, that you just want to just like in your, in your heart just spring to life in the sense of, can I pray for you right now, right there and then? Like, who's a bit like that? Or, oh no, I just, boy, you caught me out. Uh, I need to go think about this. Uh, but who, who likes those people that pray right, right then, right now? Uh, we tend to do that in shopping centers, wherever. Because when people say, oh, I'll pray for you, trust me, it doesn't happen a lot. So pray right there, right now. Muslims are praying in the shopping centers, cafes. They're praying everywhere on the side of F3. All those bunches of youth that you see on the side of the F3 at 3 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 9 o'clock, is that, if that's their times. That's the young people who are coming up from Sydney to the Central Coast, enjoying life, great young people. Um, don't drink, by the way. They, they, they love life and... Um, and they pull up at that time and they pray. I'm not sure how many Christian gatherings I've seen on the side of the F3. I'm not sure. Has anyone seen any? Help me. Uh, something's not right. Uh, but I've seen them in the hospitals. I've seen them in the hospitals. I've seen them praying for their loved ones in the hospitals and uh, literally in the foyers. And it's been fantastic. As, as I think, uh, uh, as, a, as a sign to us to... Let's go public with our faith. Who believes it's the decade to go public with our faith? You know, to, to come, you know, these other guys have come out of the wardrobes, you know, the ones that wear tight linen and stand on parades and go through the streets, you know, shake their booty. And we're, Christians, come on. You know, we've we got to go public. And so that's aside from that. Here's a couple of blogs straight up. This message, and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to try and... Uh, draw as much attention to the word because I'm battling the kids who are just enjoying life and they're still in that festive mode and so let me try and um, can I have a few of those blogs if if I've got them at the start I just loved the Twitter and I love the Facebook this is the the message the title of the message it won't be a long message because I've got to crunch it and I've got to deliver it with as much enthusiasm to draw attention to me away from 
all the other noise, releasing your faith for a new beginning. I hope this, my heart is this, that coming to this church this morning, that you will walk away with a sense that you have released your faith into this position, slamming the door on the past and looking at your new horizon, looking at your new day and saying, thank God I made it out of that decade. Here I come, 010, 2010. So I, I hope that at least you get that. Who's with me on that? Who would like to shut the door on some stuff of 09 and that whole decade? Say, thank you. You know, I don't think I've done that to anyone, not even the Jehovah's. I get caught up talking to the Jehovah's. I'm terrible. I want to just get there and just slam the door and I go, yeah, I'm there about an hour later, you know, sharing the, the Jesus that we know with them. I end up talking to the kids mainly, not the old guys. They're sort of too programmed. The kids are great. I go, Jesus. They go, yeah. Tell me more, and I get end up sharing Jesus with the with the Jehovah Witness kids. You know, it's great. And then the old, older guys go, l- l- "We better go now, kids. Come on, he's not listening to us." <laughs> and so, releasing your faith for a new beginning is exactly what I want to talk about. Let's have a look at a couple of these blogs, and I think I think these are great. My best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. You need people like that in your life in O10 and beyond. Who's with me on that one? This is Henry Ford. He is such a wise guy, by the way. He's quoted so many times. Next, we are not human beings on a spiritual journey. We are spiritual beings on a human journey. Stephen Corvey, awesome man of God. Book on leadership that our boss, Phil Pringle, subscribes to. Incredible principled man, wise as... Next, no one can drive us crazy unless we can... Give them the keys. (laughs) I think there's an element of forgiveness in there. Like like Sally, you said, Sarah, you said, um, and I'll get to that. It's a powerful word, forgiveness. Next, we don't learn from... Now, this this one I've had to make up, but I couldn't find the actual blog and the quote, but I've, I've made it up. Help me with this one. If we don't learn from our history, we will repeat it. It, it, it goes a bit like that, that if we don't learn from the stuff that tripped us up, that befelled us, that caused us grief, that caused us, you know, inadequacy and mischief and sickness. So I can't believe the people that drink the same stuff and cause themselves grief every time or, or eat the same stuff. Some people shouldn't eat pizzas with anchovy, but they always, you know, order those pizzas with anchovy because they love them. And, uh, and some people know what they can't eat and they go, oh, blow it, I'm out tonight with Neil Joseph. It's fantastic, I'll have that. Yeah, I'll have the shrimp and the lobster. Oh no, what did I eat? Some people don't learn from their past. God, this is a major statement I want to make straight up. This is a major statement I want to make straight up. I want to make sense this morning. God has created us to need... This is what, in my adult learning, I learned this. Sarah, did you guys do this in uni? Still? To need new beginnings. I love that. I thought that was cute. I go, one day I'm going to use that. I love that. When they, that was the highlight of my adult learning days, when they would do that. I said, boy, that is making a big statement. That's fantastic. I love that. And I got to use it. Praise God. 
God has created us to need new beginnings. A place where we can release faith. I said release faith to a place where we can slam the door on that stuff, turn true north and begin to look out on the horizon of our new day, of our life of opportunity and our God who wants to make a way and lead us and and do what he said he can do. Boy, you did good in the giving message. Man, wasn't that powerful? These young guys, they're fantastic. A place where you can say, Jesus, you said you can turn all things around for good to those that love you according to your purposes in heaven. And so there's a scripture about that. And we quote it all the time, and it goes like this. Scripture, Lamentations 3, 22. Good stuff. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Meaning that He's, in another version it says, His mercies are new every morning. Meaning that we... We use up our mercies in every day a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Some of us spend our mercies by 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Some are a bit later. But we spend our mercies and God says, it's cool. Yeah, you had a shocker, man. You, you, You didn't do so good, did you? But guess what? There's new mercies. God created days with 24 hours then it's a new day. Who likes a new day? (laughs) He creates weeks where we have a new week. He creates months where we have a new month. Thank God winter only lasts (laughs) 12 weeks. uh. But then he creates years where we have the privilege to stand in this position with faith, releasing our faith and saying, thank God for 09, But thank God that I'm here to look at 010 and a new decade. Do you know what I'm saying? This is a powerful day. This is a a great day of opportunity. Looking now on this first Sunday of the first uh, church service and now looking at our new decade and seeing the possibilities of what our life can do and seeing the church arising as it has been doing for decades now but seeing the young generation and our daughters and sons excelling and doing great stuff in God and knowing that they will stand on our shoulders and do so much more than we ever have and will. I am excited for this new decade. God has created us to have new beginnings. Who's with me on that? Who can say amen to that? It's a new day, say it. And God obviously, obviously wants us to have new beginnings. Otherwise, we just roll on through, roll on through. But we go to sleep, we get up, new day. We end a year, we start a new year, and it's all good. Father, um, I'm thinking, my God, what do you have for us? And, and listen to me, it's such a gift 
I'm trying to get you to release faith to say, okay, Pastor Phil, you're saying that this is new beginnings. You're saying I can close the door on the past. I can trade in my sorrows. I can trade in my stuff. And, and, but, and I know there's a lot of um, uh, teaching out there that is quite just your mind, your mind, your mind that's renewed, but uh, it, it determines through sheer strength of itself to make that happen. But I can tell you this, that our God, Jesus, He can make it real. How many New Year resolutions have you heard that have amounted to zip? When you present it to God, but when you present it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I want to do with my life. This is how I want to better my life. This is how I want to change things. This is what I want to do for you. When you present that to the Lord, look out. It's, it's, it's supernaturally enhanced now with God's favor and God's blessings. Angels come around it. The promises of God are yes and amen are towards it. His anointing comes upon it and He will allow you to pull off your New Year's resolution. Whether it be losing weight, whether it be writing songs, singing, doing business, getting fit, whatever it may study in and becoming the man or woman of God that God wants you to be with, whatever it is, it's all possible in God. Who can say amen to that? And that's far different than just the good intentions of a New Year's resolution. So, the Bible says, and David says it like this in Isaiah 43 verse 13, or verse 18, 43 verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Man, God's just saying, I really believe, put your past away. Stop whining about it. Stop, stop whining about it. Stop, stop criticizing. Put all that resentment away. Put all that stuff away. Turn true north. Turn to Jesus. And I believe Aussies en masse are going to do this. I believe there's a, there's a stirring in the Aussie heart to have the resource that we have in God. Not have the religion, but have the resource of that powerful word, Sarah, that you said, which is forgiveness. To, to be forgiven, to stand at this day and forgive yourself. Forgive that person. Forgive that person. Forgive God even. And turn and say, oh, what the heck? I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to forgive. And powerfully, God, He releases His glory, His power, His anointing on that principle of forgiveness, which Jesus talked about more about than maybe most things in, in His days. He talked about forgiveness because He realized that it says in Luke, I think chapter 17, verse 1, that in every day and that many opportunities would come to us where we would be offended. You know what it says there? Luke 17, verse 1. He says, get used to it. You're going to be offended every day. There's going to be ample opportunity for you to be offended. 
And if you compound that and walk through life without adhering to the words of Jesus by hearing what he says in the sense that, all right, I'm going to forgive that person. How many times? 77 times 7, uh, you know, it was said to Peter. And even more so, because to live in the realm of the Spirit and in the presence of God, you've got to be untangled from the affairs of people that have hurt you, stuff that's happened to you, and all the grievances that are there and maybe can't be forgotten, but they can be forgiven. Do you know what I'm saying? But Jesus said, if you do this, if you forgive those issues of life, circumstances, situations, hurts, abuse, all this stuff, troubles, uh, whatever it may be, if you stand on the Word and say, Jesus, I'll do it, I forgive. He says, we can walk out our days forgiven by Him and then walk in His presence and then enjoy the favor of God, faith in our hearts, confidence to walk with Him. They say when we do this, that all of a sudden, faith is released. Confidence is released in who we are in God. When we honestly feel the forgiveness of God in our heart, when we say, Jesus, forgive me, once we feel that and it's sincere and it's real and it is, it can happen and it happens to all of us, guess what happens? You come alive. You can even worship God. You can even lift your hands. You can even tell people about Jesus. You can even begin to fellowship with God, fellowship with Jesus. It's a powerful thing. But as you allow yourself to be in the dark with unforgiveness, you're dancing with danger. You're dancing with all these odd bods and loneliness and things that you should never have been dancing with. It's like being released into a new day when you ask for forgiveness from Jesus and forgiveness from your friends and you're released into this light. And it's in the light where God wants us to live. Who believes that? It's in the light that God wants us to live. The enemy knows what buttons to press. He knows how to keep us in darkness. He knows how to get us sidelined. And I've seen so many people... I think if I was to learn from one of those blogs, learn from history of this last decade, if you were to ask me one key issue, Phil, what do you think that you learned and you, you saw as a life lesson for our planet, our people, even the church, what, what would it be? I would say this, forgiveness. Even nations are warring against nations over unforgiveness, religious fighting. Even in the playground, there is unforgiveness. And there's kids not able to go to this corner of the playground, not able to meet with those friends. Unforgiveness between relatives, unforgiveness in our families, unforgiveness which is broken down. Even our churches, good churches, unforgiveness where people have got offended and walked out of whole families even in our church 300 plus people someone get offended and leave 300 people 
leave 300 people and say, sorry, I'll go this way because this is the way of darkness. Uh, Sorry, I'm out of here. And leave 300 people? Some people walk out of their family because of one issue and unforgiveness. They walk out of their family. And I know it can happen with marriages. I I know it happens with teams. I know it happens with, with friends. But all life's wars, a lot of problems is from this issue of unforgiveness. And you said it, Sarah. When you gave your life to the Lord, you felt forgiven. And it's a gift. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's all, of a, all of a sudden, you don't have to try and please man, please people. When Jesus forgives you, you don't even have to try and please God. When you are forgiven, obedience comes so easy. Obedience just comes so easy. You just walk in it. You just do it. You're not trying. You just know that you're loved and you want to please your Father in heaven. Is it like that for you? That's what it's like when you're connected with with God through Jesus. He paid the price for us to be forgiven. That no longer would we have to try and earn our way through, through laws and temple uh, rituals and, and all this stuff that we could actually be forgiven. Between us and you, God, we can be sitting pretty. We can be doing well, feeling good about ourselves. And guess what, folks? That's where it all begins, right there. That's right, right, right there is where it all begins. One practical um, thing I want to say to you before I move on. Garth, you said it. You said change unless you get a renewed mind. Unless you change your heart, get a new spirit almost, get a faith that can, I guess, look at your life. And then as you look at your life, say, yeah, God, I need change. But then God says to us, but I want you to make the first move. I want you to rectify some stuff. And listen, God God probably doesn't heal things straight up. He doesn't fix things straight up. But God wants obedience. God wants us to walk in obedience and say to him, all right, God, I see the issues. I see the problems. I will, I will make the first move. I will amend this. I will deal with that. I will fix that. And it's then when God says, well done. Now you've got a new attitude on life. Now your spirit is going to be able to deal with all that. Your spirit that is alive to God, your spirit that is alive in faith, it's going to be able to deal with the past. But the main thing is this issue about, I guess, being obedient to God. I love this scripture. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says it like this. Beauty for ashes. He is willing to bind up our wounds, heal our bruises, not only spiritually, but also physically, mentally, financially, emotionally. Beauty for ashes. He wants to give us the beautiful life. You like that? 
He wants to give us the... But what are the ashes? The ashes is what's left after the devil or your life, your flesh has allowed stuff to happen and it's like ashes. It's burnt. It's burnt to a cinder. Jesus said, give me that. Give me those ashes. Give me that and I will give you beauty for those ashes. Don't you love that? He wants to give us the beautiful life. The beautiful life. But we've got to trade in our ashes. Jesus, can you take that? Can you take our ashes? There's a scripture that says this in uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm nearly there. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is an awesome scripture, powerful scripture, Joel. It's talking about if you try and carry your own life through life, through your own strength, your own intelligence, your own ingenuity, your own smarts, if you try and carry your life through life, you will wear out. It will be only a matter of time. But the Bible says, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this scripture. Jesus uh, says it like this in John 10.10. 10. Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then the next scripture we don't quote much, but it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I have seen in the last decade people um, through unforgiveness be separated from good things. Even in church, people have been separated from their good church from unforgiveness. I can have some music, yeah. And I've seen marriages, I've seen partnerships, I've seen teams through unforgiveness. But... I've seen people too end up out on the back paddocks of life and be isolated. Now, the Bible says that we're like sheep, sheep that have gone astray. And it grieves me that I see people without a shepherd. When I talk to people out in the street, uh, Jason and and wherever I go and I know that some people don't have family they don't have a spiritual family and God always intended for us to have a spiritual family it's like a pasture this is basically a pasture where people's where God's people come 
and nibble on the grass. The grass is the word of God. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. The devil loves to come and displace people, separate people. And he'll keep doing that. He knows how to do it. He knows how to cause strife and bitterness. And then, of course, as people find themselves on the outer of life itself and without a shepherd, that's the saddest day for me, Jules, of seeing people who, because sheep, when they're out in the back paddocks, wild animals can maul them where there's no shepherd. I'm talking about a supernatural God who can protect you and preserve you, you and your family, your children, your marriage. Basically, that's what it's all about. Jesus, I believe in you, that you are my protector, that you have a rod that can supernaturally shoo away the devourer, the wolf, the circumstances, the situations, the calamity, the devastation, the storms with your rod. Lord, you can protect me. You can preserve me. But Lord, you can provide for me. You can give me jobs. You can give me health. Lord, you you said if I trade in my ashes of all my broken dreams, of all my broken relationships, Lord, you said if 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 I could give you but I'm justified to have these ashes. Some people like to keep the ashes of their loved one at home. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus is talking about, in this scripture, he's talking about the ashes of what's left after the devil's finished with you. If, you, if you're able to say, Jesus, I give you all my burdens, all my problems, all my anguish, all my, all my abuse, my trauma, betrayal, broken relationships if you, if i jesus if i give them to you if i give them to you lord who will avenge who will avenge me for what has happened and he says in his word vengeance belongs unto him not to you vengeance is mine whatever he needs to sort out let him sort it I love this scripture and I'm talking about forgiveness and, and I don't want to go any longer but I want to quote this one scripture and it's a powerful scripture um, that I, I quote about forgiveness and it's, 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 it's real. Uh, you, you, we've got to forgive ourselves. We've got to forgive other people. We've got to forgive. Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. This is my heart, folks. My heart is for you to be free from the past in 010 and in this decade. My heart is for Australians to be set free from the, all that stuff but they've got to trade in their resentment, their unforgiveness, their bitterness. They've got to trade in all their anguish. They've got to trade in. They've got to trade it in. Give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, it's true. I, I, I feel a, like a victim 
I feel like a victim. I thought life was going to be good. I, I thought life was going to be great and wonderful and life-giving. But Lord, I've been served so many bad hands. And, but Jesus said, I know, my child, I know. I know. But if you trust me, and if you're willing for me to carry your burdens and be yoked with me, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. I will carry you through life. And we've seen the picture of the, the set of footprints in the sand, have you not? And you see the one set of footprints. Bowie sings a song, David Bowie, who I believe is on a journey himself. He sings a song, he sang it about five years ago. I do not see, it says in the lyrics, you've got to be clever to catch some of this stuff because these guys are clever. And he says, I do not see the footprints in the sand, meaning that I want to see you. Another song he sings about loving the alien, that, that God is like an alien. If you believe in aliens, well, good for you. But I want to see him. But he was married in a Protestant church, and he is a God believer. But he's struggling. He struggles over this man called Christ Jesus. And we all do. This scripture goes like this, and it's powerful. It's about forgiveness. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. So if you forgive anyone, God will forgive them too. Wow. Hang on. What's, what that scripture say? If you forgive anyone out there that hurt you, when you forgive them, God will forgive them too. Like that. Then he says, And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Verse 11, In order, in order that Satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes can you see that how about we outwit Satan's schemes by forgiving everyone everyone in our life even forgiving God let's all stand God bless you father we stand in your presence and forgive we forgive all the peoples, Lord, of the last decade. Lord, we're wanting to trade in all our resentment, our hatred. Would you just close your eyes while the band comes? Thank you for your patience. We're putting the past behind this morning. I feel like this is a spiritual moment. Putting the past behind. We want to wake up in the bright, new, sunny morning of a brand new day. It's new beginnings. I want to declare to you, it's new beginnings in your life. You're going to wake up into a brand new decade, a brand new day. Release your faith this morning and believe that you can shut the door on the past. Quit the complaining, the whining. Stop rehearsing that. But stand in the glory of God's light. Stand in this, this great love of God and say, God, the burden is too much for me to carry. It's wearing me out. 
It's wearing me out. It's wearing my friends out. I forgive them. I forgive all the peoples around my life. The Bible says if we don't forgive, we actually can grieve the presence of God. It says that in Ephesians chapter 2 that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Some people are not feeling the presence of God as they should because they've not forgiven the people that they should have. But Lord, we stand in your presence this morning. From the front to the back, I want to declare this morning that you can be forgiven by Jesus. He paid a great price on the cross of Calvary by His blood. You can be supernaturally forgiven of all your sin. You can be supernaturally forgiven of all your heartache, your grievances, your complaints, your bitterness. You can be forgiven just like that. It's a gift of new beginnings. Salvation is the greatest gift of new beginnings. Who's with me on that? Salvation is the greatest gift. When it happened for me, I was able to shut the door and look to a new day, a new horizon of eventually finding my wife, becoming clean, walking in the presence of God, living for Him. I became a new creature in Christ. The Bible says the old, that old person was dealt with, that old flesh, that old fill, that old person that stood in, in his own righteousness, stood in his own dilemma called life. And I said to Jesus on that day, Jesus, Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on the past. I turn my back on all the bitterness. I turn my back on all the unforgiveness. I turn my back on all the resentment. And I look to you as the light. I look to you as the truth. Maybe this morning that's what you need to do. And in fact, I believe there's about two, three people this morning that need a fresh new beginning this morning in the house of God. This morning, the Lord wants to give some people a new start. Job said unforgiveness was like this. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. David said it like this. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. And then Psalms says it like this. Blessed is the, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. Father, you've given us this incredible opportunity in these days. Still, even 2,000 years later, you have given us privilege through the gospel to be forgiven to live forgiven, set free. This morning, I believe there's people here that need a fresh new start. They need to release faith at the start of this new decade. They need to release faith towards God. They need to release faith towards the Lord. 
and be able to stand in a new day. Look on the horizon of your life. There's so much more left to your life. Some think they've come to the end of their life. I'm 51, but I have so much more. My dad's 85 and still sprinting around. So how much more of life have we got? We need to release God towards our life. We need to allow God's love, God's anointing, God's forgiveness. Maybe that's you. A prayer, a simple prayer. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious. But you're starting a journey with God. That's all you're saying. Lord, I'm not sure about all this stuff, but my heart, my childlike heart says that you are real. I knew, I always knew you were there. Maybe this morning you just need to acknowledge Jesus. You need to recognize that he is the shepherd of your soul. That maybe you have been on the back paddocks of life. He wants to bring you into the company of good people and a family of God, his family. He wants to bring you into the people that need to be in your life. He wants to bring you in from the storm of life. He wants to bring you in. He wants to bless you and love you and forgive you. If that's you, why don't you just quickly slip your hand up after three. When I say three, just quickly slip your hand. I just need to see your hand this morning. And with faith in your heart, declare that this morning, today, at this first Sunday of this great new year is, is, the, is the day that you will start your journey with God. And if that's you and you're in the house, you're under the inspiration of my voice, just quickly slip your hand up from front to back to this side to this side. Ask your friend beside you. People of God, ask your friends. If that's you, if you need a fresh start. Now, if you know God, but you just still sense that you need a fresh new start, you can put your hand up too because we're believing for a fresh new start. That's it, great sister. Any others, just quickly put your hand up. It's a, it's a faith thing. That's great, sir. That's great at the back. That's three. There's another one. There's four. Any others from the front to the back? This is your life. You may know God, but you need a fresh new start. You need a fresh new start. I'm talking about a new day of God being released into your life. From this side to this side, from this, from here down to the back, to the very back. We're believing for, we're believing for people to simply be connected to the, to the God that created the heavens and the earth. If that's you, you need to say yes to Jesus this morning. I wonder if I could ask those people to quickly come down. Our time is gone. I want to be able to say a prayer for all those people that just invite your friends down. Bring them down. If that's your friend, take them by the hand. Bring them down. We're going to lead them through a prayer this morning. God bless you. Each and every one of you. Keep coming down. Keep coming down. That's great.